Hi, I'm Jason Flom. You know me from my podcast where I interview extraordinary people who've been on the wrong end of wrongful convictions. Now, welcome to my new series, Righteous Convictions, where I will speak with some of today's most prominent and active agents of change, people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. Our guest today is a Pakistani-American attorney, and when her community was drawn in by the nexus of civil rights, national security, immigration law, and a criminal case that was very close to home, she rose to those challenges and eventually changed how Muslim communities were policed. When I was in law school, Anand was arrested, and the 9-11 happened, and these law enforcement trainings had been happening for Homeland Security, for the FBI, for local law enforcement. It was like a whole cottage industry had popped up where these people who were complete anti-Muslim bigots had started doing law enforcement trainings. Now, with the podcasting empire that she built, she shines a light on wrongful convictions, including her great white whale, Adnan Syed, attorney, best-selling author, and host of Undisclosed, Rabia Chaudhry, right now, on Righteous Convictions. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new podcast called Righteous Convictions. And today I have with me a woman whose name you'll probably recognize, Rabia Chaudhry. But what you may not know is that she has a rich history outside of the things she's most known for, which, of course, stem from Adnan Syed and the wrongful conviction that he is enduring to this day. And we'll touch on that, but I'm going to take a quick look at her CV here. And we know... Best-selling author, powerhouse, podcast host, but before the fame of Serial, she was an immigration lawyer who started the Safe Nation Collaborative, which led Countering Violent Extremism, or CVE, which is a training program for law enforcement. And we're going to get to all of that as well. But Rabia, thank you so much for being here with me on Righteous Convictions. Oh, gosh, Jason, thank you so much. Um, this is an honor to be here. So I guess what I want to know is, presumably you were just a normal teenager one day, right? And now you're you. So what happened in the intervening years? 
Yeah, you know, I blame my mom um, <clears throat> for a lot of it. I'm the eldest of three kids, and my parents were immigrants from Pakistan. And I was also born in Pakistan. I was an infant when my parents came here. I was raised here. My mom just had this thing where she was constantly telling me and my siblings that when you die, God is going to ask you, what did you do with the time I gave you, the money I gave you, the education I gave you? What are you going to do with all the blessings I gave you for the people? It was just an expectation that was drilled into us. And so for me, when I was in law school, this was like back in 90. 798. But when I was in law school, Anon was arrested and the 9-11 happened. And people are really horrified by Trump's Muslim ban, but many people do not realize that George Bush, right after 9-11, implemented a policy that Muslim men from 27 Muslim countries had to report to ICE. And many of them, when they did, they didn't return. So right in the wake of 9-11, I began practicing immigration law. I had no interest ever in practicing immigration law, but it was kind of the call of the community. It was the need of the community. And I was one of the very few Muslim American attorneys that I even knew at the time. As the years went by, the policy of the law enforcement community, federal law enforcement and local, just got worse and worse and worse towards American Muslims. So there was a lot of reporting around 2008, 2009, that the NYPD was doing like mass surveillance. They had sent agents in to like infiltrate the Muslim student associations at universities. So they spent like two years like camping with them and doing like bake sales and shit. And, and not a single terror investigation ever came out of it. No convictions came out of it. What they were doing was they were finding immigrants who were either undocumented or who were in the immigration process and they were Muslim and leaning on them and saying, listen, we want you to basically spy for us in your mosque or in your community, report back to us. And they would terrify these poor immigrants and say, we're going to have you deported or we're going to have you just locked up in ICE detention forever if you don't cooperate. Wow, this sounds eerily similar. The story of Hamid Hayat, which was covered by Laura Nyrider and Steve Drizzen on our show, False Confessions. Lodi, California, of course, 2005, the FBI started using an informant, Nassim Khan, to spy on other members of his mosque and community. And eventually he delivers this poor kid, Hamid, who was just trying to impress this older guy who himself, on behalf of the FBI, was trying to get him or anyone to agree to say something, anything incriminating. And then I started getting calls from people like that saying, I don't know what to do. And so I began representing people against law enforcement, federal law enforcement during those kinds of investigations. And that's when I realized that there was like a really deep seated problem that this is like a posture that is being taken against all Muslims in this country. And I was trying to figure out why. And that answer became clear, I think, in 2010, when there were a number of articles came out that reported these law enforcement trainings that had been happening for Homeland Security, for the FBI, for local law enforcement. It was like a whole cottage industry had popped up where these people who were complete anti-Muslim bigots had started doing law enforcement trainings. And there was actually even audio somebody captured from one training that said, basically, any Muslim is a potential terrorist. That's how they're being trained. And they're going out into our communities. And then I looked around and I said, is anybody doing any real training for law enforcement about, you know, like a diversity centered training. So I started Safe Nation Collaborative and it lasted for four years and I, I had to wrap it up because of Adnan's case, frankly. What is the Safe Nation Collaborative? Me and a team of trainers provided training to local law enforcement. Uh, we did one federal training, but we wanted to really basically build relationships between local Muslim communities and local law enforcement because they all live in the same community. They have usually generally the same kind of local concerns. And so we'd bring them together. We do kind of a joint, you know, introduction training. This is like the history of Muslims in America. This is like the belief system. If you go into a mosque, take off your shoes, very basic stuff. And in the meantime, we wanted Muslims in the community not to be scared and be like, listen, you are our 
paid public safety officers. We pay you with our taxes and we should have a say in how you deal with our community. And so that's what that was about. And then talking about the real homeland security threats, which even at that time, the greatest threat to the homeland was white national supremacy. That was by FBI's own statistics. And we're seeing what happens today because it was never addressed in all these years. It would literally just allow to grow. Yeah, an interesting timing for this conversation when the head of the NYPD diversity initiative, or whatever that, I don't remember exactly what they called it, but the guy who was supposed to be there promoting racial tolerance and equal opportunity oh, yeah. in the NYPD was suspended after it was discovered that he had an alias online and that he was spewing homophobic, anti-Semitic, racist, anti-basically everything except for, you know, white Christians or whatever the hell he is. Right. And, you know, for the NYPD to actually suspend somebody, you know, it was serious. But also it really brings into focus what you're talking about. And of course, this is early 2021 these white supremacists that are trying to overthrow our democracy. We can't bring ourselves to call like a man who blows up a truck and half a building a terrorist because he was white. I mean, like, that's where we still are. We're just stuck in this space. And, you know, when, when Barack Obama was in the White House and a lot of these initiatives started coming out, like countering violent extremism, which is CVE, which is like, how do you basically counter like extremist and violent ideology in different communities? I had so many meetings at Department of Justice. I've been in the White House multiple times saying, why aren't you focusing on the threat of these white nationalists? After Barack Obama was elected, these white nationalist groups exploded. Like 1,500 new groups popped up literally like in two years after he was elected. So it's been a growing threat of these white supremacist militias. And policymakers, none of the agencies, they just don't know what to do with it. They're like, well, there are no domestic terrorism laws. There's no framework around addressing a white problem, basically, because it's always been focused on like jihadi Muslims and like other kinds of terrorism. And and here we are. And nobody knows really what even to call them in the media. They stormed the Capitol. They're like, no, we're just we're just patriots. I mean, it's crazy that it's gotten this bad. We're just making our voices heard while we kill police officers. And I'm still in a state of disbelief. You know, the idea that we spent $700 billion on defense, and yet they were just able to just literally waltz Walk into in. the Capitol yeah. while the entire U.S. government was seated inside there. I mean, forget everyone's talking about the response had it been people of color, and we know what that would have been. But imagine if it was a foreign country that did it. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. So the sort of twist of fate or the synchronicity of you having grown up with Adnan, 
I mean, Adnan is the elephant in the room. And while I want to talk about your rich life outside of that particular case, you are obviously inextricably tied to the work that you did on his behalf. He was my younger brother's best friend. I was a lot older. I was in college at the time when I think first met him. And, you know, when he was 17 and arrested, I was married, I had a kid, I was in law school. I had a completely different life. So I, I knew him as well as anybody can know their kid brother's friend. But I certainly didn't know anything about like, you know, Woodlawn High School and who he's dating and what his life. I didn't even live in the same state. But we were family friends. We didn't go to the same mosque. So we all kind of just knew each other from the community. You know, I just watched the movie, The Case Against Adnan Syed. And let's just start from the place that there is no evidence against him, right? So for anyone who's thinking, well, he might be guilty, if you're a listener, you also might be guilty of this crime because there's no evidence against you and there's no evidence against him. It's just a, a terrible accident of history or fate or whatever you want to call it that he dated hey you know sometime earlier and you know then the idea that the state just continues to spend our taxpayer dollars to persecute Adnan even after it's yeah. been essentially proven that he didn't do it. When they realize they're wrong, they won't say we were wrong, we're going to drop everything. They would usually offer an Alford plea, which still requires the defendant to admit that the state has some level of evidence they could use to prove my guilt. What's happening with Adnan is actually really, really common. And we see this over and over again. And, you know, I, we've done about 24, 25 innocence cases with undisclosed. You see the same thing over. They will fight tooth and nail to preserve a conviction I don't know how much of it is just sheer pride and like the institution protecting itself and how much of it is actually, well, if they give in to this, that opens the door to other, a couple of things, maybe civil liability, but also other defendants who might be like, hey, if you admit that on this issue, you got this wrong, then that has an impact on my case. For example, in Adnan's case, his attorney did not contact the alibi witness at all. And now two courts ruled that that was basically a failure of her duty to Adnan, that she didn't contact the alibi witness. The state kept appealing that. For the state, they wanted to say that, okay, we want to make sure any other defendant in which this happens doesn't also get another shot. And then finally, they won. You watch the documentary in the very last episode of the documentary series, the Court of Appeals of Maryland, which is a Supreme Court basically of Maryland uh, just ruled three to four. I think we lost by one judge saying that, okay, yeah, she didn't contact the alibi witness, but it wasn't prejudicial to Adnan. That set such a dangerous precedent. Since that ruling, other courts across the country have denied defendants new trials based on Adnan's ruling saying, well, a court has already ruled that just because your lawyer didn't contact an alibi, it does not rise to the level of ineffective assistance of counsel. So Adnan was given the option to have four more years in prison after 19 already, and then also to have to literally get up in court and say, I'm guilty, I did it. Right. That's not even an Alfred plea. Right. An Alfred plea is, is bad enough. And he stood on the moral high ground. And then by one freaking vote, four to three, when he's still in prison for the indefinite yeah. future, it's really sickening. And I have to say, Rabia, in the movie... The podcast aside, and I'm guessing almost everyone who's listening to us now heard Serial, but in the movie, you come across as just such a, like a calming influence on everything. Well, I don't think anybody's ever described me. But, you know, the thing is, when I'm around Adnan's family, um, I do my best to be as tender with everything as I can, because 
they're still traumatized and same with Adnan. But I, I am propelled by a sense of rage constantly, even 20 odd years later, I feel no tenderness or gentility towards anything that's happened. And sometimes I wonder, people have said, maybe you need to tone it down a little bit. Maybe don't tweet at the attorney general so much. Maybe, you, you know, maybe that'll help. But you know what? That's bullshit. It doesn't help. It does not help. None of these people are going to sit back and be like, well, she's being kind of nice to us on Twitter. Let's release a non-say it. It's not going to happen. You got to fight. I think the harder you fight, they do fight back harder. But we have different motivations. Like, you know, we have personal attachments to Adnan. When I say we, me, people who love him. And so we're not like the state. We're not going to just give up at some point. So, Robbie, are there any prospects for clemency for Adnan? We got to get him home somehow. We have not explored it at all because the truth is we've only had two issues that have been litigated for like 10 years now, um, which means there are so many other issues we haven't touched, including the fact that, for example, the DNA testing that was done in this case was so limited. The rape kit that was taken from the victim has never been DNA tested to this day. So we have other options right now that we're looking at. I told Adnan when he said no to the plea deal and then we lost, I said to him, you know what, even with the plea, you were going to be in prison in four years. Give us those four years and we're going to find another way. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. How do you divide your time? Because you wear a lot of different hats. Like, is it loose or are you structured in that sense? Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, people like look at my CV. It looks like it's a lot of different things. It's all very linear, though. One thing led to another, led to another. And, you know, I had to wrap up Safe Nation and working with U.S. Institute of Peace and like just working in the national security policy space because cereal exploded. And I realized at the time that cereal is going to go away and people are going to move on. And either I had to take advantage of the momentum or I could lose the momentum forever. We would never get another shot to build on this momentum. And so I decided to basically fold almost all my work and focus on 100% on Adnan's case. And that turned into Undisclosed, which brought many other 
defendants to us. You know, now that is my full-time work. The Innocence Work for Undisclosed is my full-time work. And of course, Undisclosed has had a profound impact and has actually led to freedom for a number of people who've been featured on the show. Back to your work with the Safe Nation Collaborative, which organizations do you think are doing the best work and how can people who are listening now get involved? You know, I'll say this. A lot has changed since Safe Nation um, because the work of Safe Nation was to try to deal with the hands we were being dealt at the time, which was we went from George Bush to President Obama, who didn't want to approach these issues from a counter-terror problem. He wanted to approach any of these issues from like, okay, what's happening in the community? Are these like vulnerable people? Are they marginalized? Are they being entrapped? What's happening here? He wanted a more comprehensive approach. But I think so much has changed in that more people recognize where the problems actually are. And we threw billions of dollars in this war on terror that still isn't ending. For me, I really think, you know, Black Lives Matter as a movement, however they are as an organization, has made the biggest impact in showing where law enforcement is getting things wrong. Organizations like that, they're the canaries in the coal mine. Like we have to listen to them about getting policing right. Because at the end of the day, even like the Safe Nation stuff was about policing. So how do you get policing right? I think the ACLU has always been strong on that. You know, there is some momentum towards police reform, but defund, reform. It's its such a big problem. I think one of the biggest issues we have with policing is that we have turned policing into a profession that automatically draws a certain kind of people, right? Like there's some kind of people who go into social work, right? There's some kind of people who become chefs, like, you know, personalities are drawn to certain professions. And we have turned the profession of policing into something that is violent and oppressive and rife with abuse and it draws personalities who are looking for those kinds of opportunities. So we almost have to reimagine the entire profession of policing and hope the right people then are drawn to it. I don't know if that's like a direct answer to your question, but I don't know if there's one particular organization. I, I, I think the ACLU has always done great work. I think every state has their own ACLU chapter. It's always important to check in with them, see what kind of, usually what they need is money, but keep an eye on like the legislation they're working on and the changes happen really locally. For our younger listeners, right, who want to get involved, who want to make a difference, people listening now, they go, I want to be her. You know, I want to have a life full of meaning and purpose. What would you say to someone? Just riff on that. Look, you know, when I first started working in national security policy and kind of learning national security policy actually develops in D.C., I can't even begin to tell you how many rooms I was in with people who were developing policy that impacted communities that they didn't know anything about. So they would say, I think we should do X, Y, Z about this problem. And I, and I would say, well, have you talked to the, those communities? Do you know what the response of the communities are going to be? No, absolutely not. And this is a big problem. And I, and I see something similar happening, like in the social media space where a lot of young people want to do amazing work. They have very shallow knowledge of issues. They have almost zero experience on the ground. And I really urge people to build your expertise. You have to build a base of substantive work. I have a daughter, my, my eldest right now, she's doing her master's in cybersecurity. And she said to me, I want to do cybersecurity policy. I said, okay, that's great. But I think you should first figure out how it all works before you then want to go and develop policy around it. That's one bit of advice. The second bit of advice I say is Pick one or two things. A lot of times people have hearts of advocates, and I know that's like you, Jason, and it's me. Like, you know, a lot of things hurt us, impact us, keep us awake. 
you can't do it all. And if you try to do a lot of things, you're going to do none of them well. Pick one or two things that you know that you can work on for years that you'll never get tired of because it will take years and decades to make any change. Narrow your scope, but uh, deepen your expertise on those issues. All I can really say is thank you for for doing what you're doing. I know that it's taken a great deal of courage. Uh, you may not look at it that way, but we who, who see you from an outside perspective uh, know that it's true. And if there's anything else that you have left out, um, I'm just going to leave the mic on for you to say whatever is left to be said. Gosh, well, um, I'll just say that we are going to be going back into court for Adnan's case. The story's not over, so please continue to follow it. My second book should come out sometime this year. It's about nothing that I've ever talked about before publicly. Um, it's a memoir on food, fat, and family, which has been like the bane of my existence for 46 years now. <laughs> All right, so I hope you guys check that out, and I'm sure it will resonate with a lot of people. And that's it. And Jason, you're one of my heroes, so thanks for all you do, and thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer, Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction, on Twitter at Wrong Conviction, and on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast. Righteous Convictions is a production of Lava for Good Podcasts in association with Signal Company Number 1. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.